Okay. Pattern number 14, identifiable neighborhood. If you look at many areas of the city, like the one I'm in right now, Winnipeg, let's say you're looking at an overhead satellite view where you can see all the houses, many areas, it's really hard to tell where one sort of section or neighborhood starts and one ends. They have names for these regions you can see on the map, but people don't even necessarily know what these, these regions are called because they're not even thought of as districts because they're not distinct. Each house is just a house in a sea. Each neighborhood is not really a neighborhood at all since it's not distinct from the next. But you can also see that there are some places where there are pockets where it's quite clear that they're, that they're separate. They're kind of its own thing. So sometimes, for example, the river is winding through and it creates a distinct pocket that everyone recognizes as its own thing. Sometimes major roads also separate one area from another or train tracks or large parks. The authors of this book we're going through here, a pattern language, say that people need an identifiable spatial unit to belong to. They say that available evidence shows that neighborhoods that people identify with have extremely small populations. They are also small in area. And also, they, they don't have a major road through it. Apparently, that destroys a neighborhood. So a bit more detail here. For population size, they say that it should be small enough that people are able to organize themselves together to put pressure on City Hall for their own interests. Apparently, anthropological evidence suggests that a group can't coordinate itself if the population is higher than 1,500. Some people think the limit is more like 500. More than that, I wonder, I don't know what the problem is. I wonder if people just can't get on the same page. There aren't enough connections between people. You can know everyone or care about each other or something. Or just identify as being a group that could organize themselves. I'm not sure. For physical size, physical size limit here for an identifiable neighborhood. There are different surveys that they're referencing here. In Philadelphia, people were asked what area they really knew in the city. And most people said an area of two or three blocks around their home. I'm not sure what that means to really know an area. Um, They have this other one here. Some people in Milwaukee were asked how large they considered a neighborhood to be. And a quarter of them said that a neighborhood was no larger than a block. Half of them said that neighborhoods were no larger than seven blocks. So a population of 500 or less in a small geographical area, like one to seven blocks is good. But the book also says that the neighborhood needs to be protected from heavy traffic because that ruins everything. It ruins the potential for strong identity, a space that people identify with. According to this research, their research they're citing here, the heavier the traffic, the less people think of it as their home territory. They think of the streets as less personal, but also 
they think of the houses on the street as less personal. So no major roads through neighborhoods. I guess these roads can be used as uh, to divide pockets or divide neighborhoods. Apparently more than 200 cars per hour and the quality of the neighborhood begins to deteriorate. More than 550 hours cars per hour and people visit their neighbors less and never gather on the street to meet and talk. So that 200 cars per hour max is uh, three and a bit cars per minute. So a car going by every 20 seconds or so is the point where we start to identify less with our neighborhood. I think that's peak time too, not average, although it's not entirely clear here. So there you go. They say in the next pattern, which is called neighborhood boundary, that we should encourage boundaries around our neighborhoods to separate them from neighboring neighborhoods by closing down streets and limiting access. They say to cut off, cut the the normal number of streets in half, at least in half, they say, wow. They say to place gateways between neighborhoods. I'm not sure what that means exactly. If there's actually a gate or or something, or just a wall with a open area you can drive through. But they talk about how gateways can be used as a meeting place for inter-community events. There's actually a pattern later in the book called Main Gateways, so they probably explain it more there. But we're already a step beyond the first pattern this episode was supposed to be about, identifiable neighborhoods. So that's it. Thanks for listening. Good luck. I'll be back with another one tomorrow.